0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. This week we have been discussing what we call the cultural jihad, and how it's been extremely successful in altering the fundamental views of our nation We don't just have it from the Muslims, we also have it from the Marxists that are ultimately trying to steer our young people to hate our country, and it's working. Our young people are impressionable, young, foolish, without much wisdom, without much instruction from their homes, from their churches. They've not been raised by people with a backbone, with courage, that are informed, And if they have been, uh, all that has been disarmed by the professors of our colleges and our schools, and we have lost a generation. Someone said that, you know, when you see, you know, if if you teach people lies and they start believing it, and then they start repeating these lies, then you now have control of a generation. And that's what's going on. They have been teaching lies and deception, and it's been with us for a long time and on many fronts. You know, some of it began over 100 years ago when they began to tell us that we came from monkeys and a pool of, um, of uh, algae and out of that formed life, and there was a big bang, and we rejected that God was our creator. Then we started buying another lie that it's not a baby inside of that mother, it's just tissue. It's nothing immoral of removing that tissue like removing an appendix, knowing that it is life, it's a baby, but believing the lie, believing the lie that we did not have a creator, that it's not a baby there. Then we went on to other lies that it's a religion of peace, Uh, even though we could see very clearly that it's a religion of hate and a a religion of violence. And of the sword. But yet we have been accepting that. And then we tell another lie that Israel is the villain. And the Palestinians are the victims. When it's really the other way around. It has been that way for over 100 years. But we've been telling this lie and selling it. And we've been buying it. And our young people... Are growing up to be adults now, and they're now getting into government, and they're peddling this poison even more and more. And I watched and saw how Islam took the weakness of the Western civilization in Britain and began to establish Sharia law courts. Let me give you some background. Uh, and, and let me say, it's coming here. We're not far from it. In fact, I'm surprised that some of these things have not rolled out already. But it's coming. Mark my words. For a decade, when I was a missionary in England, I would hear from Muslim communities, Sharia law is coming. You and Britain are going to live under Sharia. And I used to dismiss that as dreamy thinking from uh, from Muslims. Take a pill. It's not going to happen. I was wrong. I was naive back then. But I remember the date. I remember it well. September 14, 2008, the Times newspaper announced in their news in their paper, and I have a screenshot of this. Uh, I keep it. I show it in in uh, presentations that I do in churches. and On September 14, 2008, it was revealed that UK is supporting and authorizing, giving authority to seven Sharia law courts that were opening. Then they told us where, London, Birmingham, Bradford, Manchester, and uh, other places there. And shortly, Glasgow and Edinburgh would be opening. But then they mentioned this, with the network's headquarters in Nuneaton, Warwickshire. Now, sadly, very few people in in England could tell you exactly where Nuneaton is. You might have heard of it, but you wouldn't quite know. It's not a big city, actually. It's not even a city. It's a town. However, it's where I lived. And my church was five miles from the location where the Sharia law court was being anchored. Now, within a year later, there were 85 of these Sharia courts operating within a year. All it took was just a, a break in the dam, and then they started exploding. But please understand this. It was not the terrorists that brought Sharia law to Britain. And, and let me hasten to say what this means it does not mean it does not mean because they have Sharia law of course that all of Britain is ruled by Sharia law' don't, don't misunderstand me but what it does mean is that Muslims do not have to yield to British law. They are now allowed to be exempt from certain British laws and give themselves to, Sharia, please let this uh, sink in. How dangerous this is! Any society that allows a group of people to be exempt from their laws is a dangerous footing. Now you say here in America we we have that for the American Indians, and there's some truth to that. There is, yeah, they on their reservations in their limited areas within our country, they're allowed to govern themselves by their own laws, but it's limited to them and that local area. But as soon as they step off of that reservation, now they are liable for all our laws, state and federal. But in England, Muslims can walk in every corner of the British Isles and still be exempt to live by British law. That is a huge, dangerous footing, especially when these people have different loyalties and a different agenda. Now, how did that happen? How did they get this? What what brought all this about? The Muslims were very clever. They started manipulating the... Western legal system to their benefit. And uh, there's a person behind it, Sheikh Faiz Siddiqui. He lived in Nuneaton. I didn't know him. But he founded the Muslim Arbitration Tribunal. And basically within Sharia law, Sharia law is in many, many fronts diametrically opposed to Western legal principles. And some of them are very obvious. For example, we believe in one husband for one wife type of marriage. Uh, it's been the foundation of Western civilization for since its beginning. But in Islam, a Muslim man can marry up to four women, he can have four wives at one time. And women do not uh, share the same equal status as a man. They're considered half of a person a little higher than an animal, but uh, nevertheless, they're not equal with man. And so there's a great deal of injustices that uh, are permitted within Sharia that are not permitted within Western law. But in Sharia, they're permitted to abuse women, beat them, force them uh, into sex and, and other different things as well as multiplicity of wives. And so... They began to argue this case. You say in England that you are pluralistic. You say that you are uh, permitting of multiple uh, religions, but you deny us Muslims from practicing our religion fully, for you cannot practice Islam without Sharia. This was their argument. Sharia, the law of Allah, is just as important as any religious uh, a foundation of Islam. You must allow the law of Islam to also, for us Muslims to be able to properly perform our duties as Muslims, and you're restricting our freedom of religion, a clever argument, because England wants to practice freedom of religion, and thus they were arguing, you're denying us that right. And what was happening is that they actually had their full practice of religion because in their in their mosque their imams would serve as arbitraries of Islamic law within their community. And so they were practicing it they just didn't have authority to carry out the decisions of these imams. No one would come by, the police wouldn't come by and enforce the decisions that were made by these courts, but they imposed Sharia law into the British legal system so that now the British um, legal system and aids of the those who carry out the peace and carriers of the law, the police, would enforce the decisions of these imams by forming these Islamic Sharia courts. In Nuneaton, where I lived, there was this community called the Hijaz Center. I remember that facility wells on the Watling Road there, the A5. We were looking for property for our Bible college and our youth camp. And usually these stately homes have a gatehouse there off the main road. And then you wind back there, uh, if you've ever watched Fountain Abbey or any of these uh, uh, programs in England as you're driving back uh, down this um, um, lane to get to the um, big stately home. Well, my wife and I we were looking for property and uh, and so we were driving past this gatehouse and it had it at the front Hijaz center. Well, I didn't know what the Hijaz Center meant at the time, I certainly do now. but uh, we, we drove past uh, back there. and as we approached uh, and hit the uh, stately home, we could find that man, they're expanding here, they're building and uh, this place is growing and Muslims were everywhere. Well, this wasn't too long after 2001, and, uh, and so we were trying to find reverse to get out of there as quickly as we could, and, um, and so we found ourselves in a Muslim compound of some sort. This is the location of the Hijaz Center, which is the headquarters for all the Sharia courts in Britain. They had just they were just uh, in the process of uh, spending five million pounds and expanding the place there from 300 students to 750 students. There are three of these now in Britain, and uh, they train people to be lawyers, doctors, teachers, and bankers. Those are the four professions that they focus on in the Hijaz Center. Now they call it the Hijaz College. And so they're training Muslims to be lawyers, lawyers, Doctors, bankers, and teachers, and uh, and so the purpose of that is to infiltrate some of the high uh, places within Britain to uh, to take over and to take control in the banking world, um, the education world, the legal world, and so on. There's a purpose and a plan for what they've been doing over in Britain for some time and in Europe. They've been cutting their teeth on how to manipulate Western law, and they've been coming here to America and Canada and have been doing the same here. This is the cultural jihad, the struggle against our culture. The jihad means to struggle against evil, the evil of Western civilization. And as I stated before, As they revealed it in their strategic goal, they tell us very clearly they're here to destroy Western civilization from within. Now, not every Muslim is a part of that. Please understand that. But there are a group of Muslims here that are just like terrorists, but they don't dress up with bombs and bullets. They dress up with a fountain pen and a tie, and they're here to destroy our culture from within. That's going to be it for today and this week. Join us again next week at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.